Hello, and welcome to Human Is My Label. This is your host, Emily Purry. I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sibling, and a former athlete. I work full time. I am the founder of Rapid, a nonprofit organization, and I'm legally blind. I am so excited about opening the conversation about everything equity. We will primarily be talking about disability, as that is my lived experience, and it is often the minority left out of the equity conversation. I am passionate about equity for all identities, as I have family members from the communities of color, LGBTQIA, disabilities, and we span all ages. It is my goal to normalize these conversations, get people comfortable with the uncomfortable, and include everyone. After all, we are all human. Happy Monday, everyone. It is Emily, your host here today, and I have a very exciting podcast for us today. I am always talking to companies about sponsoring this podcast and how they would like to sponsor this podcast and how they would see it going. And I'm really excited that Cinder Staffing is sponsoring this episode of this podcast, but they decided to flip it on me. So what they wanted to do was interview me for Disability Awareness Month. So today I have Marcus Carter here with me and we are talking about Disability Employment Awareness Month, which is the month of October. So we're just finishing this up. Actually, we're only about halfway through. So he is interviewing me and asking me some questions today. So just changing it up a little bit. Everybody definitely take a look at Cinder Staffing here in Oregon. They are doing some amazing things, very passionate about diversity, equity, inclusion, and access work, and they are really making some changes that reflect that. So enjoy the interview here today with myself and Marcus Carter, and I will talk to you all next week. Uh, First question is, uh, it's National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Uh, this year marks not only the 75th observance of this month, it also marks the 30th anniversary of ADA. Um, and I'd love for you to speak about those things, but, but first I have to ask, um, from my perspective as a Black person of African descent, I've always experienced Black History Month with a mix of emotions for a number of reasons. I won't go into detail about those reasons at the moment, but for you, when October rolls around, what are some of the general pros or cons you experience or view, you know, through, throughout this month? Absolutely. Yeah. So, of course, I, I think as all months in, in honor of something, I think the visibility is appreciated. Like, that's a great thing that we have the visibility that it's it's called out. However, um, when we when we look at the month of people doing things the the kind of con to that is what are they doing the other 11 months of the year <laughs> and so the the pro is that yes the visibility is great it's appreciated i'm glad it's pointed out i'm glad especially with the employment piece that you know employers are really uh not forced, but uh, made aware of this month and really aim to provide programming or resources and or something like that to to make this 
this month special for people with disabilities, especially in the employment realm. Like I said, the con to that is what are you doing the other 11 months of the, of the year for disability employment? Um, another con to this month is the numbers and how though we have this month for 75 years and the ADA has been a sworn in policy, policies don't change things like we want them to. And that's proven when we look at the employment numbers of the people with disabilities. Uh, like many minority communities, people with disabilities tend to be at the bottom of the, you know, hierarchy, if you will. So that means anytime we go through a recession, like right now, the people on the bottom usually get cut first. People on the bottom tend to lose their jobs the quickest, and they have the hardest time being promoted when those are cut. So COVID was one situation in 2009. During that recession was another situation. And so when we look at the employment numbers of people with disabilities right now, it literally has barely moved in 30 years. We've made strides here and there throughout the years, but then because of the big recessions, the significant layoffs that happened during the recessions, we are the first to get cut and the last to get jobs back. And so for an example of that is, you know, our vocational rehab system. Uh, we get a lot of people employed and then during vocational rehab, if there's not the support needed to go into those jobs, if those jobs aren't needing to be filled, if people are cutting workers, that's the first place it goes. So right now the vocational rehab system has been dramatically hit by COVID-19. So that's just another piece of it is regardless of the policies we create, we have to change the stigma within organizations, which means we have to change the perceptions of the humans inside the organizations if we really want to see change in this month, if we really want to see the numbers change for um, the employment of people with disabilities. We have to break down that stigma within organizations and within uh, within ourselves. Every, every human is responsible for that piece, just like racism, just like sexism, any of those things, it starts with us. So. Awesome, thank you for that answer. I couldn't agree more uh, with the, the behavioral, the, the, the foundational sort of ideological mm -hmm. um, change. We, we always make this assumption that systems are operating sort of in silos, mm -hmm. right? like, as if we're not like, like as if we're not responsible for producing those systems. So what you said just hit home. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Um, the next question I have here is that uh, too often when it comes to recruitment, uh, specifically diverse recruitment, one area of concern for many organizations is that they do not want to appear tokenizing should they have that one hire. Mm -hmm. um, I've been asked to navigate this question on multiple occasions, mm -hmm. and you may have had some experience with this question as well. Absolutely. When it comes to disability employment, what do you like about that question around tokenizing? And um, is there anything about it that you dislike? Um, so a few things come to mind. So my the first thing that always comes to mind is don't just hire one. Um, <laughs> you don't have to meet that quota with just one. There are plenty of us uh, folks out there with disabilities that really are looking for purposeful and value, valuable employment. We, we want to work, we want to participate in our, our lives, our companies, our corporations everywhere. So there's more than one of us out there that want jobs. And so don't just hire that one. That's my first kind of instinct. But 
it also takes the work on the inside. So even if you hire the one, the other thing that it triggers in my mind is hiring that one means that one, and this is particularly my situation, is able-bodied enough. So yes, I appear, I'm blonde hair, blue eyed, white skin. So I have all of that privilege and I appear quote unquote normal as long as I don't have my guide dog. So if I was going into an interview, I could leave my guide dog at home. I could fake it enough and I could be able-bodied enough to fill that seat. And then it all happens after the interview or when they give me the job offer, whatever the case may be, you know, they're like, oh, okay, I guess we can do that. I, I, oh yeah, we can, we can make that accommodation. But it triggers the, you're able-bodied enough to fit in, but not be that quote unquote disabled person um, in our organization. So that's definitely a little emotionally triggering for me. But um, the biggest thing is regardless of if you hire one person with a disability, if you hire 10, it doesn't matter what policies and procedures and education and awareness do you have on the inside of the organization to make that one or those 10 feel welcome? Is there, a, is there you know, interview processes that are inclusive? Are you bringing in community organizations to sit on the interview panel? If you don't have people with disabilities um, in your organization to represent that community, are you, looking at your systems, your everything internally, digitally. So let's say I am hired as a legally blind person. I get through the interview process. I am that token, but now I realize that the systems in which your organization is using aren't accessible to a screen reader. So then I've made it through all the processes. I've, I've become that token, which is always not a fun thing, but now I can't even do the job. And so there, there's a whole nother level of accessibility and universal access that we have to discuss. And that is hugely burdensome for the person with a disability because then you get in there and you just feel like, okay, I made it. And then you go to turn on your computer and you can't use it. And so then it's just this huge letdown. You have a new supervisor. You don't know whether you trust or not or how to have that conversation with a new person or if they're willing to or et cetera, et cetera. And so there's a lot more work that has to be done on the inside of an organization to really make the situation, even if there is that one person, it doesn't feel as tokenizing if the organization is prepared for that one person to come in saying, okay, we have these options for screen readers. Would you prefer a Mac or a PC? You know, having options on hand makes that person feel welcome and comfortable for sure. Awesome. No, I, I appreciate you highlighting that uh, to your last point, having options on hand signals that they've they thought about you holistically exactly, exactly. right it, it wasn't just a, a tactic to get you in the door they've actually you know created an, an environment they hope you mm -hmm. can thrive in as well well and as you often talk about marcus it's you know we don't always want to be the one educating we don't always want to be telling you everything about a screen reader or how it works or what it does work with and what it doesn't work with. I don't want to go into a new job and have to start lecturing or feeling like I'm blaming or, you know, making people feel bad for what they don't have on the inside. I would love it if they came to me with options and I could say, oh, that would be great. Or like, I actually use this kind of software. So this would be great too. Okay, perfect. You know, it's a more of a conversation than a, a teaching 
of how to deal with me as a as a person with disability. So definitely, it's not a sort of added layer of labor. Mm-hmm. Right? So I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Um, I I think you know my next question. Uh, I'm hoping to appeal for those who are always anxious, and, you know, <laughs> sort of worried about what to do next. So I think mm-hmm. you know as as people and professionals are listening to this. Everyone's at varying stages of their career and their own personal journey around understanding disability awareness. If yes. someone were to listen to this conversation, you know, finish the call and think about an action, what would you advise? Take a deep breath. <laughs> um, the bottom line is, is we're human. The people on the other side of that table, on the other side of the counter, Uh, the other side of the computer, whatever it is, we're human. And we just view the world through different eyes, through different feet, through different arms, whatever the case may be. And so just take a minute, get to know the person, the human behind that. And most likely, if you're welcoming to the human, you're going to learn about their disability. You're going to learn how I function in the world. You're going to see that yes, I have a guide dog, but I also have remaining sight. You're going to notice how I navigate the hallways of our office building or my phone or whatever it is. You don't necessarily have to ask me, Emily, how to use your cell phone. It's really just getting to know me and I'm gonna be able to feel comfortable enough to be me with my disability in that space. And so that's the biggest thing is take a deep breath um, and know that you're not alone. especially with disability, 65% of people report having a bias or feeling uncomfortable around people with disabilities. So over half the world, (laughs) or probably the nation, it was probably a nation study, over half the nation feels uncomfortable around people with disabilities. And so you're not alone. And there's a reason for that. Honestly, we haven't been in the workplace for very long. We haven't been out of institutions for very long. We haven't been out of homes where we were hidden for very long. So this is all normal, but you take a deep breath and say, okay, this person's a human and this person is probably nervous, especially on their first day of work or in an interview, just like any other human out there is nervous about an interview. Um, so take a deep breath, know that we're humans and really just start addressing your bias and where does that come from and really talk about, you know, I didn't go to school with kids with disabilities. I've never been around an adult with a disability. I don't know how to talk to a person who's blind or visually impaired and really working with those things and educating yourself. That's where it starts. And then also really just normalizing the conversation within organizations disability is kind of that minority community we don't talk about because we don't know how much we can and can't say. There's the legal protections of the ADA, which are great and amazing and have been so beneficial for the community, but they've also silenced that conversation because so many people are terrified to talk about disability. They're terrified to ask the question, Emily, you know, how is it, how can I work best with you? We're going to be working together for the next, how, who knows how long, how can I, send documents what's the best format you know having those conversations are not illegal it doesn't mean you're always going to get an answer but it's not a bad thing Um, being able to normalize that conversation inside organizations is key to bringing more people into the organizations with disabilities thank you thank you there's just uh 
so much knowledge uh, that you pull from <laughs> and, and the way you make it, you know, just it all makes sense. Nothing is overcomplicated. Mm -hmm. And nope, I think a lot, uh, a lot of folks, because they don't understand or, or fear this notion of someone being different than them, mm -hmm. they forget you just have to go about building a relationship. Exactly. Right? And that's what exactly. I loved what, what you were saying or what I took from it was like, learn how to establish a relationship. And once there's, there's comfort in that, people will organically let you know, here are the best ways to support or, hey, watch out. You probably shouldn't say that. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and do that in a manner that's not offensive. It's a manner of calling you in and helping you further um, understand, you know, hey, here's here's the best way for you to step up. Uh, mm -hmm. And at, at the same time, here are the moments in which you should step back as well. Right. That's just yeah. as. Oh, thing. absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Help is a, a four letter word to many people with disabilities. We don't want your help. And we want to be independent as much as possible. I think that's the other thing people don't really understand. They think because we always we, we sometimes need help for independence, we sometimes need help for certain things that we always want it. Well, we don't. We don't want to ask for it any more than any other person on the planet. But there's times where we have to. And so to always be coddled or babied or let me get that or let me do this or let me do no just let me be an independent human being and if i need you and i'm comfortable with you i will definitely say hey marcus can you help me out with this and, and send me that document in a pdf format so i can read it or whatever the case may be like we don't always need help that's ugh. <laughs> thank you thank you yeah well, what are ways folks can engage in the work you do and, and stay connected? Obviously, you know, you are the co-founder of two businesses right now. So I'd love for you to speak more about that. And again, what are ways folks can engage and, and stay connected? Absolutely. Um, so Prairie Consultants is where I do all my consulting work for disability employment, um, disability awareness, disability anything, intersectionality, high level equity work is how I like to say it. I like to bring the humanity in. Um, I specialize in disability justice. So that's where my lived experience comes into play. So that's my specialty. And that's all done through Prairie Consultants. And that's P as in Paul, U-R-R-Y consultants. Uh, and that's the for-profit side of my life. And then the nonprofit side of my life is RAPID. And that stands for Rehabilitation and Athletic Performance Intersecting Disability. Very long name. But uh, that is really my passion project that came from a knee injury. So the knee injury combined with my vision impairment uh, 11 years ago now, I had five knee surgeries. And because my legs are my independence, because I don't drive, um, when that happened to me, it definitely took me out of my game. Uh, I was a huge athlete, you know, ripped and six pack and all that. And then this happened and I was, you know, on and off crutches and on and off braces. And I had five knee surgeries within four years, I think. So really took me out of my game and that's where rapid came about. So you can look up rapidorgan.org. And we are in the midst of uh, getting ready to celebrate our first birthday. So that's November 20th. And Thank then we are, our, our flexible vision because of COVID is to start building our facility in 2023. So it's uh, all inclusive recreation and residential facility for people experiencing uh, disabilities and veterans experiencing disabilities. And so it really focuses on the transition between hospital and home 
for folks who are experiencing new disabilities that are going to be permanent disabilities. So learning how to navigate life uh, in a new body and really accepting, embracing, and thriving in that life and in that body uh, before they head home. So that's rapid. Um, I'm all over social media, emily.purry, I think at all the major ones, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook. And then Rapid is on all the channels as well, as well as Prairie Consultants. So yeah, I'm I'm out there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, mm -hmm. definitely encourage people to follow up with you. Definitely. Um, before we leave this discussion, mm -hmm. uh, I do have a, a bonus question. And uh, there's really two versions of this question that I asked. So I'll give the question and, you know, questions. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can choose which one you feel like you would uh, answer. So uh, the first one is in the last six months, is there a decision you made that you would change? And if you feel comfortable, please tell us why. Uh, so you can either answer that question or the alternate alternate uh, question is, um, if not that, then I would ask, what is a decision you made in the last six months that caused a significant change for you? I think I'm gonna go with this. Ooh, probably the second. Um, so the businesses, both in the nonprofit, as I said, we're coming on a year of actual uh, nonprofit status, and the per consultants has been up and running all of January. But I've been doing the work of disability awareness, disability justice for about. I want to say five years, six years, um, and so really making that shift. I recently was uh, laid off from my full-time employment. Well, I'll say full-time paid employment. <laughs> um, and really just diving in instead of being fearful of owning a business, running a business, having that be the sole income. I, I knew it was right. Um, I knew it was where I needed to go. It's new. I knew it's what I wanted to do. It's just, you know, fear gets in the way of a lot of stuff sometimes. And so just that change and watching rapid grow and moving into our first birthday and having a celebration and having large organizations get behind that celebration, it just fuels the fire to why, why I was put on this planet. Um, rapid, the more I, and I get all emotional about this one, but the more I, experience life and as a legally blind woman with a progressive eye disease and then I experienced this injury that took me out of my game completely and then I went and worked at the county and had a great secure job and learned a lot about budgeting and contracts and all this weird stuff that I would have never done otherwise and I was a personal trainer and a massage therapist everything in my pathway has been to build rapid and you know some people may say oh but your vision that you poor thing first don't feel pity for anybody with any kind of disability this is our life and so and then this knee injury which i felt a lot of pity for a long time i was pissed i was angry i was upset and without that knee injury and without my vision condition rapid wouldn't exist and i'm i wouldn't be able to help thousands and thousands of people that will be helping you know, in the future. And so this is, this is why I was put on this planet. And so being able to dive into that and just believe in it and wholeheartedly know that it's going to happen and it's going to work. And 
you know, in 10 years, we'll be building the East Coast facility. It's great. I mean, so I, I think it. it's just jumping in and just being being real with it. So that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, well, thank you so much uh, for, for carving out time for us. It, it means a lot. Uh, I'm very excited for uh, people to hear from you. I'm very, I'm more excited for them to uh, engage Absolutely, with you. Yeah whether that's as a, a, a consultant within their workforce and or as someone who needs exactly. you know, the services yeah. of, of, of Rapid. So um, excited for you and yeah. I yeah, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> so, yeah, cut. I would like to take a moment for Cinder Staffing sponsoring this episode. If you are interested in sponsoring an episode or more than one episode, please reach out to us at www.purryco.com or you can email uh, me at emily.purry at purryco.com. We're always looking for sponsors and always looking to engage our community in the work we do. Thank you so much and have a great Monday and have a great week. Thank you so much for joining me here today at Human Is My Label. Don't forget to subscribe, share this with your friends, families, and coworkers. Get out there, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, include everyone, and push yourself to be better every day. If you're interested in coaching or corporate training or learning more about RAPID, visit us at rapidorgan.org. That's R-A-P-I-D. O-R-E-G-O-N dot org. You can find me at emily.purry on Instagram and all my other social handles are below. Have a great day and I can't wait to see you next week.